continue uh, with uh, what God is speaking in this series and I believe it's crucial bring somebody with you even if, if they won't come on a Tuesday night let them know we're here from 7 around about 8.15 on Tuesday night uh, but on Sundays do your best to bring somebody with you I believe that God has a word for his people and I believe that God is, is speaking in this season to give us direction for the end of the year because how you end a thing is how you begin a thing and so how we end this year is going to be crucial to how we, how we uh, begin next year. And so we're going to end the year in miracles and blessings. Amen, somebody. Anybody receive that? Anybody receive that? Somebody say, we're ending the year with miracles and blessings. Just touch somebody tell them miracles and blessings. Miracles and blessings. That's how we're ending this year. We're going to end this year with God blowing our mind. And then we're going to, we're going to break open 2020, watch this, with double blessings double miracles and everywhere we turn we're going to see God blowing our mind in 2020 but we're not waiting until the battle's over somebody say I'm ready for it right now so we, we, we've taken we've taken from January up until now to get prepared God has prepared us for such a time as this but somebody say now that we're here say it to yourself I'm going to get everything I mean don't let this year end and there's nothing your, everything that you had on your prayer list for this year, the list ought to be emptied by the end of the year. All the stuff you've been praying about and desiring to see, by the time we hit December 31st, I'm believing God for everybody in this house, for every prayer request, every supplication, everything you've asked God for, for the whole list to be wiped away. Because watch this, next year is going to be a year that God's going to give you new dreams and new desires. So that means that he has, to, he has to fulfill all of the stuff that you have been waiting on already before he gives you a new dream and a new desire. Somebody say, everything is coming. I mean, this is that season. Somebody say, the water's troubled. That means that everything you desire, all you got to do is walk towards the water. And if you get in, somebody say, if I can get in it, I'll get all of it. Right. I'm going to preach already. Right. Mark chapter 2, I'm riled up. I feel over these next, next three, three and a half weeks or so, it's going to be pandemonium here. Because I am, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, somebody say, I'm ready. That's where I felt. I'm ready for everything. You prepared me, got my mind right, helped me get my business right, getting my credit right, getting my relationships right, getting my affairs in order. Ain't nothing else left to do but walk in the miracle. I'm, I'm ready for it. I don't know about y'all. I'm ready for everything God has for me. And, and, and in the song, in, 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 the, in the words of the R&B songwriter, ain't no stopping me now. Ain't no I'm, on, I'm, I'm moving right into it. The enemy gonna look for me where I was at and realize I'm not there no more. And when he realizes I walked into what he was guarding, God, God would have showed the enemy that he broke up everything the enemy was trying to keep me out of. This is why God said this series is called Breaking Limitations. Because every place you've been limited and the enemy's been trying to keep you contained, God said, I'm breaking that up because freedom is your new level. I said, freedom is your new level. I said, freedom is your new level. Freedom is your new level. I know we always try to ask God, what's the new level you're taking me to? God put a, word, a name to it this morning. He said, it's freedom. I'm going to give you the freedom of choice. I'm going to give you the freedom to walk in and choose the blessing. I'm going to give you the freedom in your mind. You're not going to be captive by anything other than the presence of God. Somebody shout freedom. All right, Mark, I'm just trying to get to Mark chapter 2. And when...
they could not come nigh. This is verse number four, Mark 2 and 4, King James. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, say broken it up. They let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. I gave you all a different title in the back. But, but today I'm going to, no, for, for, for the sermon title, I gave you all a different, sorry about that. Uh, but today, uh, today I'm, I'm going to deal with this subject today. Just somebody say the breakup. That's what we're going to deal with in the Unlimited series today, the breakup. Somebody shouted, the breakup. Christian author uh, Edwin Lutzer asks a question, a pertinent question that all of us at times ask in times of hopelessness and despair. This is what he said in his book, uh, Why Good People Do Bad Things. He asks this question, how can we trust our Heavenly Father when it seems so obvious that he doesn't give us the same care as most earthly fathers? He said, for example, I know my father would keep me from having cancer if it were within his power to do so. He would keep me from having accidents, heartaches, and disappointments if all power were in his hand. But the actions of our heavenly father are less predictable, he says. Listen to what he says. He says he allows, look at the word, allows for some of us the most heartbreaking of circumstances. Does he really love us even more than our earthly father could? He says, but we have to realize that God has a different agenda. Our, our earthly fathers value our comfort, he said, while our heavenly father values our faith. Our earthly father values our happiness while our heavenly father values our holiness. Our earthly father values the blessing of time while our heavenly father values the blessing of eternity. He said, this is why Paul wrote, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed inside of us. Inside of us. God is about allowing us to go through so that something on the inside that the devil has blocked up can be broken open and his glory can come from inside of us out to the world. So we go through some of the same type of things that people in the world go through, but we go through for the glory of God. Ah. We go through for the glory of God. Why? So that when it, when, watch this, we're going to come out eventually. And when we come out of this, our testimony is going to be that it was not by our power, it was not by our might, but it was by his spirit that we came through this. The Apostle Paul says that there is a glory that's going to be revealed to the world after you have suffered a while. After you have gone through for a season. Nobody wants to endure the going through process, but everybody wants to celebrate the coming out. Everybody wants to have an exodus, but nobody wants to have a genesis. Everybody wants to, wants to have the, the, the celebratory testimony that look at where I ended up, look at where I landed. 
but, but most people don't want to go back to the launching point of how tough it was even in their thought process because for a lot of people we shut down when stuff gets rough we shut down in the middle of a hard season so we never ever grow through it because we don't understand it we never grow through it because we don't we don't allow God to process our minds in the middle of the most hellish situations we've ever faced before so what happens is when we don't learn the lesson of why we have to go through again why am I going through this again because you didn't learn last time what God was trying to produce in you so that you could be a carrier of his glory to bring somebody else through what you just came out of. Say this, I'm not going through just for me. Say it again, I'm not going through just for me. Say it again, I'm not going through just for me. We sometimes are extremely selfish because we pray prayers like, God, stop this. God, I'm tired of this. God, I don't want to go through this any longer. God, come on. You see I'm suffering and hurting, and this is pain for me. And a lot of times what, what God says is, you have to endure that so that when I produce what I produce in you, you will go back to places and have, watch this, compassion because you understand what it feels like to be ostracized. You understand what it feels like to have a parent abandon you. You understand what it feels like to be all alone by yourself. You understand what it feels like to be scared and lonely. You understand what it feels like to be dropped like Mephibosheth. You understand what it feels like when nobody understands you. When you have good intentions, but everybody sees the good intentions as horrible deeds. There comes a time when God says, suck it up and go through it because you have to have, watch this, sensitivity for those who are going through what I allowed you to go through. You will become a deliverer for those who have suffered like you have suffered. But if you don't suffer, you don't reign. Reigning is not just about going higher. Reigning is about changing your viewpoint based off of what you've gone through. So watch this. I'm suffering, and I've done this illustration before, but I'm suffering at this level. But when I start reigning, he takes me higher. Because the higher I go, the more I see. Anybody ever flown in the plane before? And on the ground, the buildings look so big. The cars are massive. Come on, all, you, know, you, you see all of this stuff. But the higher you go, the smaller everything gets. God wants to take you so high that, that watch this, what we've called suffering should not affect us. What we've called pain should not stop us from being who God called us to be. That stuff ought to be stuff that we eat and drink for our muscles. We don't like that. Like, huh? The, the pain that we have endured has only been pain to that level because we've been stuck so low. But somebody say it's time to reign. Come on, say it again. It's time to reign. Limitations, now listen to this, limitations can so become a part of a person's life that their expectancy for better is lost. You can go through and be limited for so long that you stop expecting more. The Bible calls expectancy hope. 
The Bible also says that when your hope or your expectancy is deferred or prolonged, it makes the heart or the mind sick. The mind gets sick when you're expecting, watch this, something better to happen and it doesn't. So let, let me give you a, a quick a biblical definition of hope. Hope is the confident and joyful anticipation of fulfillment. The confident and joyful anticipation of fulfillment. It hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened yet. But I am joyfully anticipating fulfilling what it is that I'm, that I'm in. God is going to fulfill this. I'm going to see this thing come to an end. The reason why most people aren't fulfilled is because they haven't experienced accomplishment. Without accomplishment, you lose hope. Say that. Without accomplishment, a person loses hope. But watch this. When your hope is high, you become very satisfied because something that wasn't supposed to be done was handled. Think about this. Uh, anybody ever had a situation where you were praying to God? You was like, God, do this for me. I just trust you. And, and, and Lord, I'm, I'm, I've done all I can do in the natural. Now I need you to, 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 to do the other half of this. Put your super on this. And then God does it. You can't tell a person like that that God won't come through. Amen, somebody. Anybody have ever had a financial difficulty and God touched somebody to put money in your hand or to bless you or to cash app you and you was like, wait up, Lord, hallelujah, glory to God. It might not have been the whole amount that you needed, but it was enough for you, come on, it was enough to take care of what you needed. So watch this, the next time somebody said, God don't bless people with, 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 with uh, somebody putting money in their hand, you say, no, wait a minute. I can give a testimony because I had a situation where I needed money and I gave and I sold seed and God allowed the word to come, come back to life that if I give, it shall be given unto me good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Somebody gave it to me. Watch this. You can't be, you can't be hoodwinked out of the things that God says are yours once you've experienced them. So the Bible says, oh, taste and see. That the Lord is good. Hear me. Uh, accomplishment makes hope rise. Say that accomplishment makes hope rise. Oh, come on. Say it with some gusto today. Say accomplishment makes hope rise. Say it again. Accomplishment makes hope rise. Why is it that in this season where the enemy is trying to box us in, do we have more dreams of things that we've never experienced uh, coming within us? In other words, okay, okay, uh, I feel like the enemy's been trying to box me in, but the Lord keeps pushing me to start this business. I feel boxed in, but the Lord keeps pushing me back to school. I feel boxed in, but, I, but, 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 but the Lord keeps telling me to get up and walk around my block and pray. Why is it that, that what's going on on the inside looks like it's bigger than the place you're boxed in at? It is because God in this season is, is watch this, he's watering the seed of your dream. I'm going to say it again. God in this season, the more you pray, God is watering the seed of your dream. Watch this. Well, I didn't have that dream. He said, I know the thoughts. Ah, yeah, yeah that I have towards you. 
Some of the stuff that you have, have overnight seemingly had a craving for, I want to go to school. I, I want to start a catering business. I want to do this. It, it's not just because you ate some chicken last night and woke up today and like, I can cook chicken too. No, this is God's dream that he and his thoughts that he had for you, your life just moved into it. And because your life moves into it, everything that God places in you as a seed eventually has to get watered. The Bible said one plants, another waters, but then God gives increase. Let me tell you something. This is the season of increase. I wish I had 10 people that could celebrate that. I wish I had 10 people that could see that in your mind's eye. This is the season for increase. That means in a season past, something was planted. In another season, it was watered by the word and prayer. And nothing happened. Nothing moved. Nothing. Everything was stagnant. But God said, I'm breathing now. I put my word. I'm putting my word on top of what I put in you. Now the seed is starting to germinate. Now the roots are growing down. Now you can't shake this thing. You're getting recipes in your sleep. You Come on. You see yourself sitting in a class in your sleep. Why? Because even the seed is now invading your dreams. Who am I preaching to today? That you've been trying to duck and dodge the dream. You've been trying to duck and dodge the ministry. You've been trying to duck and dodge what God said to you. But it's coming out in your dreams. Why? Because somebody say this is a season of increase God is going to I'm trying to make it through this God is going to assist you in, in the fulfillment of the new accomplishments of your life and your hope what the Lord said to tell you today and your hope is going up from here Say my hope is going up. If God is if God is speaking to us and saying our hope is going up, that means you're about to accomplish much. I hope you slept enough. I hope you've had enough sleep in your life for this season. Because some of y'all are about to in, encounter one blessing after another blessing and one miracle after another miracle that by the time you come home from going to the bank and handling that business you're going to get home to find out you got to go back again to finding out that, that, that this door is open for you and that door is open for you and watch the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes you makes you rich not just rich in, in, in money but rich in abundance rich in accomplishment and he adds no sorrow with it in other words when he does this it's gonna you're gonna be working but you're not gonna be tired so so anytime you live in a prolonged a prolonged state of disappointment is deadly for you it, it, it is it's deadly for you because watch this anytime you live in that state continuously you stop dreaming you stop producing. The more disappointments that hit a person is the more that it chips away at what God said to them. And they eventually give up. The Lord wants to break the power of disappointment off of us. Because watch this, it clouds your vision. 
Disappointment clouds your vision. If somebody said, okay, you're going to start this business, what's the vision of your company? What's the vision of your ministry? What's the vision of, of your, the, the next season of your life? You can't fully write that down. The Bible says write the vision and make it plain. You can't write it and make it plain because once you start writing, you're going to chop off stuff that looks like it's beyond where you've been, where you've been boxed in at. When you start writing vision for your life by March of next year, I'm believing God that I'm going to accomplish the following things. Number one, number two. When you start doing that, it's hard for you to, to, to speak out of your mouth, to even write on paper big dreams. Big things, big dreams. You want to know why? Because the moment this is beyond any place where you have been hurt or dropped previously, you're going to second guess whether or not this can happen. So what we do is we take it from the number two spot and put it down to the number 50 spot. And we put the easier stuff at the top. We put the easier stuff at the top because I can handle that. I can do that. And then we spend a whole year trying to fulfill something that we said was easy. And by nature it is. But why is something so easy taking so long and becoming so difficult? Because you didn't operate in God's mindset. So the thing you put at 50 should have been the thing that you put at number one. Because what God wants to show you is that I'll take the hardest things that you have put up before me. I'll take the hardest things and I will open unto you doors that no man can shut. I'll open the windows of heaven for you and I'll pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. And what we do is we say, that's too much. That's too big. I can never do that. And we take all that stuff, we, we bunch it together, we put it at the bottom of the list and we take up here, all right, I'm gonna, uh, number one, I'm gonna lose some weight. I'm gonna, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna change my hair color. <laughs> I'm gonna get a better job. But down here you had become a millionaire. Y'all see that? Because you can't see how to become a millionaire. You don't know how God's going to do it. You stop claiming it. Your vision is blurred because you've been disappointed. God said, take the stuff from the bottom of your list and put it back up to the top again. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Oh, come on here. Watch this. When you, when, whenever you allow disappointment to creep in your life, it clouds your vision. It hinders your ability to recognize God for who he really is to you. Who is he really to me? Who is God really to me? What is the relationship I've built with him up until now? And whenever we focus on our frustrations, we fail to see him. Whenever you focus on your frustrations, you fail to see him. When you focus on areas that you've been frustrated in, you take the will from him. You know, we're talking about Jesus, take the will. No, you take the will from him and you start driving and maneuvering your life based off of how frustrated you've been because of people, because of situations, because of yourself, because of what you haven't seen yet. Frustration is a silent killer to your faith. If we don't deal with disappointments now in this season, you're never going to have limitations broken off of your mind. All right, so, so that, that was a good introduction. Now, in our text, in our text, we can all identify with, this, with the main character of our text. He's suffering. He's going through. He's dealing with an issue. Most of us are. 
the scripture calls his situation palsy. We'll, we'll cover that in a minute. He doesn't know it yet, but this man is about to see a miracle take place in his own life. The same with us. Somebody say, I might not see it yet. You might not see it yet, but God is about to allow you to see the beginning of a miracle season. It only takes one to get everything else moving. It, all it takes is one miracle to get the blessings moving. I don't need a whole bunch of miracles. I need one miracle, but then I need to walk in all the blessing. Somebody say, all I need is one miracle. Just put a finger up, say one miracle. That's all I need. God, all I need you to do is take care of this debt. And from there, I'm good. I've learned a lesson. <laughs> all, I need is, all I need is one miracle. All I need you to do, all I need you to do is deal with this one issue. If you can handle that, I got the rest of this. The miracle for this man has more to do. Now, this is crazy. The miracle that, 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 that this man is going to experience has to do more with the people he surrounded himself with more than anything else. So the first question I want to ask you today is, who do you keep near you when you're going through? Who do you keep close to you when you're going through? Because a lot of us keep people around us when we're going through, people, watch this, who are enablers of a low spirit. Enablers of a low spirit. How do I know if, if this is a person I should keep near me, especially when I'm going through? Do they get on your nerves when times are good? About your walk with God and your faith and your believing. If they get on your nerves about the things of God, keep them. Y'all quiet today. Y'all real quiet today. Forget, forget talking to me about eating right. I should and I will. <laughs> forget telling me how to put on my foundation. Come on, sisters. Give me that information, but don't hound me about that. Hound me about my walk with God. Ask me when the last time I prayed was. Y'all don't like that. You invaded my personal space. You need somebody like that. Because when you're going through a difficult season, when you're going through a hard time, when the enemy's coming in as a flood, you're going to need somebody that has enough strength to hold you down or to lift you up. We run from people like that because they're getting on my nerves. The reason God sent them there is to help you to deal with your nerves. Get, make me sick. They just get on my nerves. Everything. Uh, it just, uh, it just, uh, they bother me. All the, when I see that text, I get a, a knot in my stomach. When they, when they start, can I, when they say, can I talk to you for a second? I already know where it's going to go. I, I prayed yesterday, okay? I've been praying. If you knew it, you would have, you would have, you would have felt that in the spirit. Why did it, why did it get on your nerves? Because God sent them. And why is your flesh so opposed to, watch this, to people asking you hard spiritual questions? Why are you so opposed to people asking you, why are you so grumpy? I'm only asking you this because I got a spiritual solution for you. I ain't asking this to pry in your business. Don't tell me about your business. I'm just asking you, why are you this way? Maybe you can't see you. 
maybe you're maybe you're deceived by by what you perceive. Maybe, maybe, maybe the issue is not that everybody's getting on your nerves. Maybe the issue is that you don't know. So God has to send somebody with the information to help you to have a knowing within you. Maybe their words stir up the Holy Ghost within you. But before it stirs up the Holy Ghost, it stirs up your anger. I'll leave it alone. Let's look at the scriptures and find out how this man gets a miracle and see how his, his limitation is broken. We think we know the story, but God, God, God's going to give us some insight. The first thing that we see in our text, uh, verses 1 and 2, is that there's a noise that has hit the village of Capernaum. Everybody say, a noise. There's a noise that's hit the village of Capernaum. If limitation is going to be broken in your life, you must do this. Follow the right noise. Follow the right noise. Mark, Mark uh, 2, verse 1 and 2 says that when Jesus entered Capernaum after some days, it was noise that he was in the house. It was noise that he was in, a, in, in the house. The noise that was spoken abroad was a noise of excitement, a noise of curiosity, a noise of praise and worship, and it was even an, an evangelistic noise. Jesus shows up and a noise goes out across the whole village. Jesus is in town. People are going to get healed. Expectation goes high. People start making plans to get to where Jesus is going to be at. The noise caused everyone to pack into what the Bible calls a house. A house to hear the word being preached. Anytime there's a godly noise, watch this, there's always going to be a demonic noise. Because Satan is going to mimic everything that God does. And that noise is filled with confusion. It's filled with doubt. It's filled with terror. It's filled with skepticism. It's, deal, it, it, it's filled with unbelief. But if you're going to see limitations break off of your life, you're going to have to be able to discern and understand, watch this, and even perceive what, what's the noise you're hearing. You ever heard people complaining and behind that you could hear God? I don't have no money. I know, and then I hear God say, "Tell them to do this," because my ears, my ears are tuned to a different noise. All right, all right. The noise in, in, in the village of Capernaum got the attention of four men. Everybody say four men. Four men heard the noise, and they automatically knew their assignment. The noise, the noise, the noise brought their assignment. The no, everybody said the noise bought their assignment what was their assignment to carry one man together to get him from where he was to Jesus that's the assignment hear this God is about to send four people in your life to carry you in your times of being immobile into a miracle God is about to send four people into your life that will be able to carry you into a place that you need to be to because right now where you're at, it ain't it. The noise proved to be helpful because it wasn't really heard. It wasn't until they heard that Jesus was coming into the city and into the town that they, everybody began to make their way to see him. Watch this, remember this. In order for anybody to carry you or to help you or to get you to another place, because in certain seasons, all of us are going to need to be carried. 
don't think that because right now in this season where you're at that you're always going to be above being carried somewhere every one of us have needed to be or, or is going to need to be carried from here to there remember this in order for anybody to carry or help you there has to be everybody say this conditions for the carry say conditions for the carry say it again conditions for the carry all right, condition number one, a carrier must put 100% value in the word of God. If somebody's going to carry you, they have to put 100% value in the word of God. Verse two says, Jesus preached the word to them in the house. He preached the word in the house. The purpose for these four men carrying the one guy for helping him and carrying him, watch this, was to get him to the word. To get him from his problem and take him and the problem to Jesus, the word. All right, condition number two. Everybody say condition number two. A carrier must be able to hold up weight. A carrier for your life has to be able to hold weight. They have to, they, 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 can, they, they can be skinny they can, they, 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 they can have no muscle, but they have to be able to hold up weight. How do you know somebody can hold you in a season unless you, come here Shaq, unless you, come here Brother Billy, uh, how do you know they can hold you, stand behind me, how do you know they can hold you up unless in certain seasons you get faint? Watch this. So, so in certain seasons, when you're testing carriers, God's going to allow you to go through a season where it looks like you're being forsaken. Where it seems like your strength is being siphoned out of you. And you're going to have to lean on people and it's going to be a test of what they have in, in terms of strength. Watch this. What this means is you're going to have to be patient while you're, watch this, while you're looking for carriers. Because everybody can't hold your problem. Everybody can't hold your circumstance. Oh, everybody can't hold your nasty attitude. So watch this. In certain seasons, you're going to be dropped. Because when you're interviewing carriers, they might not have it for this. Thank you. Thank you. They might not have it. If you get dropped, the Bible says that he's given his angels charge over here lest you even dash your foot up against a stone so just because you get dropped doesn't mean that you have to become crippled every drop doesn't end you up like Mephibosheth where, you're, where, you're, where, where your legs stop working sometimes in that process God will allow watch you, you're falling but you don't fall now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless. Come on here, somebody. I wish we knew the word. See, just because you've fallen doesn't mean you've fallen. Sometimes before you fall and hit, God will catch you. Is there anybody here today that, that's grateful for the catch? I'm grateful for the catch. I'm grateful.
so that while I was interviewing people to hold me up, when they dropped me because they got sick and tired of me, when they dropped me because they couldn't handle me, I'm a lot to carry, but sometimes people say, I ain't got you no more. But when people let me go, that's when God showed me I still got you. Anybody grateful that God never dropped you? A carrier has to be able to handle handicaps. A carrier has to be able to handle your handicaps. So, if you're going to have carriers in your life, somebody say, I need four of them. You're going to have to have people that understand. Watch this. Write this down, note takers. You're going to have to have four people in your life who understand the power of teamwork. Carriers cannot be in competition with each other. Because you're going to need them to carry four equal parts. Oh, this is good stuff today. If somebody's going to carry you and you're going to have four people to help carry you in situations and seasons of your life where you don't have it. Because sometimes God will say, this is where I need you at. And you can't get there. But if you have good carriers, you can let them know I'm supposed to be there. And they will come and assist you. You're not meant to be carried your entire life. But you're supposed to be carried when you can't. Oh, God. This man in the word couldn't carry. He couldn't walk himself. When you can't walk, you need to be carried. Sometimes you're recovering from the last battle. And God says, but all the time and season calls for you to be there. That's when you call the carriers. And the carriers have to have perfect teamwork. So watch this. If somebody's going to be a carrier in your life, they got to get rid of pride first. Carriers can't have pride. If somebody's going to help you get from point A to point B, they can't get the glory for their help. Y'all quiet today. The problem with carriers of the 21st century is that everybody wants to have the platform to say, I got you here, but it wasn't you that did it. It was God that did Help me, somebody. You got to make sure that anybody who helps carry you in your life has to get free from pride because pride will cause people to down the other carriers and then you'll be stuck. Okay, I'll leave that alone. So in order for four people to carry you and in order for, for, for four people to carry the one man who's sick, each person has to hold him up in one area. The Bible said they're carrying him on a makeshift bed. Four areas, four, four corners. And all of them have to hold up something. The same with us. If you're going to get carried, you're going to need four people to help you in, in, in certain seasons in four areas. The first area, let me give them to you, four areas. The first area that, that you're going to have to be helped in is that you're going to need somebody to pray for your mind. You're going to need a carrier to help pray for your mind. Because when you're going through, the enemy's job is to fight your mind to make you fight the help. That's when you say, no, I'm good, cuz I got this. I'm, I'm all right. Everything all right. I'm good. When the whole time the helper has been assigned to assess that there's an issue here. I'm all right, cuz I got this. I'm good. I'm good, peeps. I'm good. I got this family. I'm wonderful. God with me. You know what I'm saying? He good all the time. All the time he good. And the whole time you're drowning. So the first, the first helper has to be the person that prays for your mind. The second helper has to cover your spirit. The, oh God. That's like a spiritual leader like me. Like all of us here. Somebody got to be able to pray and cover you spiritually. 
You need somebody that's going to be able to talk spirit into you. And if it ain't us, you got to find somebody who has overcome what you're fighting. Quiet in here. What? Because you can't always get to me. You can't always get to her. You can't always get to Pastor Candice. But what, what qualifies somebody for helping me to cover me spiritually in the season? Are they just as overcome with their stuff than I am with mine? You can't help somebody spiritually when you can't fight your own demons. You're quiet today. Because the moment, watch this, I'm going to tell you how the kingdom of Satan works. The moment you go to help somebody else with their stuff is the moment that the stuff that you haven't been delivered from starts kicking up. Why? Because if you're going to be a helper one of another, if you're going to be a person that covers somebody, then your stuff has to be under wraps. Your stuff has to be covered by the blood. Your stuff has to be annihilated. Because if not, the stuff that's bothering you and hindering you, you'll help somebody else and be stuck yourself. I'm preaching up in this church. Okay. The third, the third way that's that the third person has to cover you, the way they're going to help you is that they got to pray for your money. They got to pray for your money. Got to pray for your money. Anytime, anytime someone is going to cover you in a season where you've been going through, there has to be somebody to pray for your money, to pray for your finances. Why? Because how many of you realize that a lot of times you can be going through in one area, and it's one area, let's, let's, let's say you're going through in your health. The companion to most situations that you hit in your life is always accompanied by the devil trying to stop your money. If your health is hit, you can't go to work. Can't go to work, don't get that check. Okay. Uh, you're in a relationship. You're really deep in love. That joke, that, that joke don't want to be with you no more. Now you're all overcoming your emotions. Now you go out and spend all of your money. Because you're going to show it the world. I, I, I still got it. I'm going to buy me some boots to come all up to here. Y'all quiet. <laughs> you, know how, you know how some of y'all sisters be doing when y'all trying to make a comeback? Forget it. Leave it alone. I'll leave that alone. I'm going to get five parts now on the side of my head. Like, dude, what you doing? I'm going to go buy a new car. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show everybody. I still got it. You're going to need somebody to pray for your money and pray for discernment in the area of your spending because when you go through, watch this, they would have had to have been praying before you go through because when you go through, you're going to need a surplus to pull from because when you're going through, if you're immobile, then chances are you can't get no money. So while they're praying about your money, they also have to tell you, they got to ask you questions like, is that the smartest thing for you to buy right now? Oh, come on. Husbands and wives know this kind of stuff. You really think that with what we're going through, you need, you need another one of those? You need another pair of Jordans? You need another pair of Jordans? You need another pair of Jordans? You really need another pair of Jordans? You really do? You, you, you need another suit? You, need another, you, need another, you really need to get more hair now? <laughs> okay, forget it. Okay, forget it. The fourth area, because if I stay there, it's going to be pandemonium. The fourth area you have to be covered in is, watch this, you have to be covered and somebody got to pray for you in your weakness. In your weakness. 
You're going to need a strong person to cover you in the area of your weakness. Watch this. So these four people have to be people that over time you develop trust with. Because all of these areas are vulnerable areas. Your mind, your spirit, your money, and your weakness. Vulnerable areas. You're going to need somebody that's going to be able to sign a spiritual non-disclosure agreement. Forget it. Forget it, you know. <laughs> you need somebody that's going to be able to, that's going to, be able to hold your stuff. And no matter if we fall out and, we, and I hate you forever, I'll never tell your stuff. The world, the world is so thin on these kind of people. The world is thin on these people because people are text friends. They Facebook and Instagram friends. They Twitter friends. They don't even have conversations with folks. They feel love because somebody liked their post. I'm my own man. I got a lot of people. I got a lot of people who who with me. You got 4,000 Facebook friends and you only know two of them. You got 5,000 people who like your, your, like your post, but only, only two people really know you. That's a sad lifestyle for a person because you have to make human contact. Please, come on, say amen, because some of you are looking like, what's that? <laughs> you have to have human interaction with folks because you never, you, can't nobody cover you through text. Going through sad face sin. I can't even have compassion on that. I'm going to hit you back with this one. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Rough week. Emoji, emoji, emoji. Muscle. Going to make it through. What? What? I be sending stuff back to people like, explain further, call me, 914-600. I don't get it. All right, all right, okay, so give me, give me 10 minutes. We'll probably finish this on Tuesday. The Bible says the man is suffering from, everybody write this down, palsy, P-A-L-S-Y, palsy. He's suffering from palsy. How long have I been preaching? Because my time is not on. Let me know. What does it say on Facebook? How, how long have I been up? So, good, thank you, all right. Let me know when I hit 53. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Everybody say palsy. Palsy. I don't want to bore you. That, that's, you know, because I know y'all, the human mind can only take but so much. Palsy. Palsy is partial paralysis. Palsy is partial paralysis. We, we've always been taught that the man was, was, was crippled and fully paralyzed. He's partially paralyzed. He's partially paralyzed, but, but, but palsy is partial paralysis that is mixed with and matched with involuntary shaking. The issue is not, is not the part that he's paralyzed as much as it is that he has the shakes. So it's best for him not to walk because he does more damage to himself if he tries to hobble and walk because eventually the more, the more he puts on the muscle, the, on, on the muscles that are good, is the more the other ones start to shake. So it's a spectacle. He's walking, he's shaking. He's walking and shaking. So, so he has to lay down and do nothing. Watch this. Be careful and selectful 
Be careful and, and very, very prayerful about the people that you choose to carry you. Watch this. Because when you can't produce anything, we talked about this last week. When you can't produce anything, the people who are closest to you have to be people that are full of understanding. Got to be full of understanding. Watch where folks take you to when you have a sickness. Watch where people take you to when you can't get around and do the things you used to do. What, what, what are you saying? I haven't been praying like I should. Haven't been, haven't been fasting the way I should. Haven't been doing the things of God the way I should. The people who come have to be people that have enough discernment to realize that I've stayed away too long and that, and that muscle atrophy is, is, is kicking in. Now, I can't use the muscle the way I used. I can't, I, I, look, we, I look weird in the spirit. Like somebody has to be able to hear and discern when you start saying off stuff. Somebody has to be able to catch that when you start talking about seeing Jesus and you only 25. No, I'm not talking about seeing him in the vision. I'm talking about going home to be with the Lord. You start talking, uh, I'm going home in a few days talk. You 19. Something's off here. Watch this. They don't always need a doctor. They need to come in the presence of God. All right. We'll, all right. So, so in order to break limitation, number two, you got to deal with, you got to deal with temporary setbacks. Temporary setbacks. Say, say that. Temporary setbacks. We'll probably, we'll probably end with this and I'll, I'll pick it up on Tuesday night. You got to deal with temporary setbacks. These four men are dealing with a rejection. What do you do when you have been selected or brought in as a helper and all of your help means nothing? <laughs> the four guys are, are carrying one man. They're carrying him to Jesus. Watch this. And they get to Jesus and the Bible says that they get there and find out that their efforts have been stopped. The question is, how do you deal with setbacks and limitations that have previously set you back and limited you? How have you viewed setbacks in the past? Have you gotten so comfortable with limitations that limitation has become the new normal for you? Look at this, verse number two. Straightway the men were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. Not so much as about the door. And he preached the word to them. I made, we, we made a major effort to pick this guy up. Bring him to Jesus to find out that we can't get in the building. You can't allow the spirit of rejection to rule you. When you're looking for a plan to work and it's falling through. Anybody ever planned something and you know God gave it to you? It was a great plan. You was like, ooh, this is going to work. Hey, this is, this is fail proof because I felt the machine done. Hallelujah. I felt God on this. And I mean, you felt the anointing. You was writing. It was, you couldn't even sleep. You was God up. It was like, oh, glory. Take it. Take it, Holy Ghost. You got a plan from heaven. Then you start implementing the plan, and the plan goes, whoo, 
Then you're like, wait a minute. Was that really Jesus or was that me? What do we, what do, we do? We start questioning instantly because of what we saw fail. You can't allow that spirit of rejection to be the thing that rules you when the plan that God gave you falls through. A lot of us in this room have given up prematurely because we tried it one time and it didn't go through. I was, uh, I, I, some time ago, I had my, my card. I, knew, I got a brand new card for, uh, from Navy Federal. Went to the bank, uh, went, got, you know, sat down, filled out the paper, got a new card, went, went to the store, went shopping, had all these groceries, and, uh, and, uh, and a line back behind me, and they said, put the card in. I activated the card, heard the lady say, welcome to Navy Federal. And I went through the whole thing, bang, all right, your card is now activated. I heard the words. Got to the, got, got to the store, I'm at Walmart sitting there, there's a line, they only had two registers open like they always do. Two registers open. Number 11, number 10. You know the one with the 10 items less, but we got 50? Like, Lord, the blood of Jesus. I'm going right up in here. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me for breaking the rules, but I'm going to go right through here. Right? I'm standing in the, in the 10 items less. I got like 75 items. And uh, don't, don't, don't look at me like that because y'all do it too. I got a large family. All right. So I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm waiting for the lady. She goes, okay, that'll be bling, bling, bling. I said, okay. She goes, uh, insert the card. Put the card in. So she goes, oh, is that the side of the chip? I said, yeah. So take it out, put it back in again. Put it back in. Is it card declined? Put it back in again. So wait a minute. I know I got money. I open my phone. I have do, 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 do. I got them. Here, look. See, because I'm, you know, now I'm getting embarrassed. I'm like, here, look. I got the, the money's right here. Y'all don't know about that. I'm getting embarrassed. I'm like, look, lady, the money's right here on the phone. I, look, it says the money. I got more than that. I got triple the amount. I said it kind of loud because people behind me like, oh, hey, got no money. I, I got, I got triple the amount. <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm getting to my feelings now. I'm getting emotional. I'm like, look, she, I was like, can I try it again? She goes, well, we're gonna, this is what we're going to do. We're going um, to have to take all these groceries and, and go over to the customer. I don't want to go to customer service. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I got to wait. Gonna go? I got the money in the bank. What's going on here? She goes, it's, well, it may be. It may, let's, uh, let's, get, let's, let's go get a plastic bag. Got the plastic bag, put the card in the bag, and said, shoot, shoot. And it said, card did not. I said, oh, God. What's going on? What's going on? So I said, uh. <laughs> like, like any, any old gamers know, old ColecoVision and Atari, old, old uh, NES. <laughs> it ain't right until it makes that sound and you hit it. You hit it a couple of times. <laughs> Gotta hit it. Something wrong. <laughs> I got my card. I said, <laughs> hit it a couple of times. Put that bad boy in, and it worked. I was like, wait a minute. Many times that my, my my bank card is like it's like an '80s video game. This is amazing here. Now, why am I saying that to you? Because a lot of us don't stick with a process long enough to work through the kinks. We give up too easily. We run away too easily. When something is easy, we all in. But the moment something looks like it's difficult, we run from it. You're good with the church as long as the church is helping you. As long as it seems like the word is wonderful. But when the word is seems like it ain't for you this in this season, most people get disinterested with things because we don't have a stick-to-itiveness about us. We don't care in relationships as long as he's whining and dining you. You don't care in relationships if he, as long as she's rubbing your head. But the moment things go sideways we want to run from stuff because something in us is used to easy 
the Bible says you have to endure hardness. Come on here. That means you got to suffer long. You're going to have to go through. You're going to have to cry. But while you cry and get dressed for church, you're going to have to, come on here, you're going to have to argue. But after you argue, come back and apologize. Don't you run from a marriage. Don't you run from a relationship. Don't you run from a friendship because you're in a rough season. Somebody say, endure hardness. We need a good dose of endurance. We need a, we need a good dose of that. All right, all right, all right. So, uh, everybody say breakthrough. breakthrough. Say, say that's what I need. The foreman are carrying the guy, trying to make it to the service of Jesus. They get there and find out the door, the room is full. And God said to me, tell you, don't let a temporary setback become a permanent prison. Don't let a temporary setback become a permanent prison. Tweet it, write it down, Instagram it, do whatever, but, but make, it, make it one of the things that you live by. I will not let a temporary setback become a permanent prison. Somebody shout, it's temporary. It says there was no room to receive them. No room to receive them. This is where most of the people in the room, in this room, would have moved to church cliché. It must not have been God's will. We tried our best. Maybe God just wants him to, 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 to be in this for another season. We go, we, go, we, go, we go to superstitious cliches. I can never catch a break. And the whole time, you ran too quick. You ran from something that was a temporary problem. Apostle Paul says it like this. He says, uh, for our light affliction, it's, it's, it's light compared to what you've gone through. It's light in, in comparison to the glory that God's going to put in you. It's light in comparison to every prophetic word you got. It's light in, in comparison to your vision and your dream. It's light, but why do, we, why do we look at light stuff and call it massive? The, the real truth is this, and we'll, we'll close on this. I'll come back on Tuesday night and deal with this. The, the real truth is this. When one way doesn't work, write this down. When one way doesn't work, when one way doesn't work, but I'm desperate for God, when one way doesn't work, but I'm desperate for God, I'll find another way. When one way doesn't work, but I'm desperate for God, I'll find another way. A lot of us, and I'm done, I'm done. A lot of us have been trying to get to a place and to see certain things. And, and the way we've gone hasn't worked. We have closed up, packed up, shelved a miracle. We've packed up and closed up and shelved our next blessing. It was supposed to produce for you. It was supposed to bring you before great men. You've shelved up your gift. You've packed it up. You stop, you stop praying and keeping it sharp. You want to know why? Because temporary setbacks have become your prison. This was only designed to stop you for a season. Okay, maybe, 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 say maybe. maybe. 
maybe what God was trying to do was to get you to fine-tune an area of this thing. Maybe that's what God was trying to do. You took the temporary wait to mean a full no. Maybe you launched too soon and it wasn't the time for what, for what God had called you to do. He gave you the blueprint, but you had to wait on him for the timing of it. And because it didn't turn over for you, it automatically became the prison, the limitation for you. But somebody say, I won't be limited again. Ah, hear me. Faith has to come back. Your hope, your expectancy has to come out the grave. There's a few of us in the room who tried and tried and tried and tried, but God is saying, but the season for it is now. You finally hit due season. Who I feel the Holy Ghost on that hot You have finally hit due season. It's time for you to get what is due you in the spirit. It's time for you to reap from what you have planted and sown. Don't let what seems to be a temporary limitation to cause you to make that the permanent prison. And you sit in this, you sit in a cell voluntarily. The door is open. You sit in the cell talking about nobody gave me a chance. It ain't worked for me. Meanwhile, outside of the door, other people are walking and using what God gave you. Don't get mad if somebody else catches a hold of what God gave you because you didn't move in enough time. Hear me. I hear the Holy Ghost saying to tell the people in this room today, pick up everything you buried. Get a shovel today. Because it's still alive. You buried this thing five years ago. But God said to tell you it's still breathing. You buried your feelings when you were 10 years old because you were going through. You were abandoned. And you stopped caring. God said dig up your feelings. Dig up your emotions. They're still alive. I don't care how long it's been since you buried the gift or the talent. You might be rusty at playing the guitar, but go to the go to the pawn shop. Not the P-O-R-N, the P-A-W-N. I know I got a New York accent. Somebody's like the pawn, P-A-W-N shop. Had to come out the spirit for that one because somebody got real extra happy. Like, Sorry. Go over to a shop, a music store. <laughs> gotta be real specific. I'm serious. I gotta be specific in these days because people will hear something off and be like, "He told me." No, I didn't say that. Go to the music shop. Buy the guitar. Come on. You might not have the money to get a keyboard like that, but go buy go buy a Kilo Casio from Walmart and buy faith. Come on. You may, not, you may not have nobody's hair to do yet. You might be a little rusty. Practice on somebody like they do. Your hair crazy. Let me help you for a couple days. Let me just get this, my skills back up again. Sis. 
a lot of us have buried our wealth Anna, I hear you Holy Ghost we've buried our wealth in the ground and you hear me don't die with all that wealth in you don't you die with that wealth in you God gave you the wealth because it's supposed to produce for you your children and your children's children that means that what God has given you you should be teaching it to somebody else so the dream can live for generations we don't think generationally we think situationally we think situation by situation you're a mechanic you know how to fix cars and your own child can't change oil y'all get what I'm saying it's somebody in your family ought to know how to do what you're doing this is why the priest it would if you in the family you become a priest if you in this family you're gonna be a priest you're gonna be a rabbi you're gonna be something way shaving your head from because because it's go it's in the DNA you may not know how to do it but once I start teaching you this something's gonna click inside of you there's no way there's no way that we have all of this knowledge in this room and we can't get disciples y'all don't like that word you can't get disciples for you to pour into that can duplicate you you cut hair you, you got to find ten people or find four that you can teach how to cut hair with your style your technique using your kind of clippers what are you doing you are duplicating you to another generation we have done this but we've just done it horribly we have taught people how to give up fine he don't want to just leave him then they treating you wrong at that job run and I'm not gonna treat you bad what about deal with an issue why not teach them how to pray until an enemy becomes a footstool see like we don't do that stuff we've taught the wrong lessons so we're reaping back bad fruit I don't teach my kids to run I said no, no go, go back there I'm gonna teach you how to pray go back to that same classroom and pray like this pray before you get in there come on when you get back in that class, call that teacher's name out. Is that teacher been picking on you for no reason? Now let's find out if, it's, if you're just being sensitive. or see, Come on here. Let's, let's get the information, but then let me teach you how to deal with the problem. If, if I don't teach my kids how to deal with the problem, then they're going to be 40 calling me. And the issue with a lot of us is nobody taught us. So we get mad today when, we, when, we, we, when we're seeking for the help and nobody gives it. Because the truth is nobody sold into us their knowledge. You want to ask your children, do you know how to balance a checkbook? Can you cook eggs? Son, you're going to get older. You're going to get older. You, and, 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 and your wife may, may get pregnant. You can't eat out every night, man. Y'all quiet, y'all quiet, y'all quiet. Like, you're going to have to learn how to cook brother is how you cook fried chicken brother this is how you make this is how you make baked chicken this is how you make ziti this is how you make lasagna it might be hood lasagna you know the sauce be orange not red it's orange because you got to put the matter card you got to put all stuff in it'll be orange 
if your sauce is red, something wrong, you ain't from the hood. I'll leave you alone. Anyway, <laughs> I'll leave you alone. That's hood lasagna. It ain't right unless it's orange. <laughs> but, but that's the kind of stuff you got to learn. Got to learn that. You got you to watch this. Watch this. You got to teach, teach young girls, watch this, how to, how to find a friend. Don't become, I tell my girls, don't be vulnerable to everybody. Just because some dude be like, you're nice. No, 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 no. Uh, let me see him. Let me see him. So, so, I'm not going to tell them. <laughs> they be coming in the house to, to see, see, see one of my daughters. I want the one in there in the office. And, and, and I have the other daughters that are trained already to get video of them. If I'm not around, my daughter had a friend that came yesterday wanted to take her to go study while they eat and, and they had dinner. And so came in the house and they was playing and laughing in the, in the driveway. But oh, Brooke. I was asleep, but oh, Brooke. Brooke, Brooke, was, Brooke was out there like this. She was like, she's a reporter from, 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 the, from the newsroom, the top floor, zooming in. Hold on, Dad, I'm gonna get a different angle. Went outside, so I'm gonna go outside to check the mail, but she's out there walking like this. <laughs> Brooke was walking outside like this, like. <laughs> okay, yeah, right, so about. Okay, so I'm gonna leave you alone. So, 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 but I, I'm, I'm, but this, this, this is why I do this, because I'm surveying. You got you have to teach this stuff. If not, then what happens is. We grew, your children grow up just like a lot of us grew up trying to figure it out I hope this is right but only God can tell then six months from now we're like that wasn't right so Lord I'm going to try, gonna try this again next month <laughs> stand to your feet there is a limitation that is breaking off of us in this season and limitation by limitation by limitation all the now now some of the prisons that a lot of us in, you don't have to break out of it, you just got to walk out. Some of the prisons that, 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 that a lot of people are in, you, you're in prison because you want to be there. Just open up the door and walk out of that thing in your mind. Stop a lot, stop, stop thinking on crazy stuff. Stop, stop, okay, let me say this, let me say it like how I feel it. Stop reliving crazy things that have happened to you in your past. You control what you think about. If it's an evil imagination, you cast it down. If it's a bad thought, the Bible says that you change that to whatever is good and honest and lovely and of good report. You think on these things. You keep your mind stayed on him and he keeps your mind in perfect peace. This stuff is stuff that you have to do. That's how you come out of the prison. Don't allow your mind to stay in a place where you keep rehearsing that you tried and failed. Start rehearsing, I'm going to do it and it's going to succeed. See yourself starting the business and see your phone blowing up. See the cash app blowing up. See that in your mind. Take time to meditate on the word. Take time to meditate on good reports or good results. If we don't do this, then we'll always stay in a prison and we'll always give the glory to a problem that happened before.
this, 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 this is something I had to learn. I had to learn this. Now watch. My mom passed when I, when I was 11. My father, uh, my relationship with, with our father changed at around about 14, 15. We had no relationship up until this day. On and off, here and there, spotty. Somebody asked me the other day, why are you so engulfed with your father in this situation and what's going on? And I had explained this to my children. The Bible says, honor your mother and father that your days may be long upon the earth. I walked them through that text the other day, sat them down and, and opened the Bible and showed it to, him, showed it to them because this is something that we don't, we don't like to do. We refuse to honor because we feel justified that we've been hurt. You really can't honor until you get over the hurt. So what I started doing years ago was dealing with the hurt. Dealing with the hurt of not having a father. Dealing with the, with the hurt of having a father who preached the gospel and I followed in his footsteps and he never heard me preach. You see what I'm saying? Have a father I read the word with, word with when I was a child, got older, and did it for myself. But he never saw it. Voluntarily. Now think about this. Grew up with a father who, who hadn't, up until this day, has never celebrated one of, my, one of my birthdays. My sister's birthdays, not one. And we lived in the same house for 11 years. That's her. I didn't know what sitting down to eat a family dinner was like until I married her. I was in my mid-twenties. I had never sat down to have a, she said, we're gonna sit down and have family dinner. I was like, what's that? I didn't even know what that was, family dinner? What do we do? What do we talk about? It's gonna be boring because I don't, I've never done that. I've always watched TV, I watched TV and ate because it just never happened. What do I do as a father? What do I talk with my children about while we're eating? Like, if I use the, if I use the, the, the hurt of what I went through and, and said, I'm, I don't want to do this, watch this, because I'm going to have to become too vulnerable and I don't know what to do, I would have perpetuated what, I, what happened to me. I would have lived in the same house and not celebrated their birthdays and not ate with them, and not take them nowhere, and not talk with them, and not teach them, and not pray with them, and they would have gotten what now becomes a generational curse. How do you break this stuff? You break this stuff when you take action to come out of prison. You break the limitation by dealing with your own personal hurt. That means you may have to go to counseling. Come on, people. Stuff we don't like to do, you may have to go to therapy. Oh, hello, come on. You're gonna have to pray and cry. You're gonna have to cry and pray. You're gonna have to cry. All of those things are freeing you to get rid of. Layers and layers, I know what I'm talking about. Layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of hurt that that watches that you didn't ask for. You didn't you didn't you didn't ask God. Let me be born in that family because I know they jacked up and I'm gonna redeem the family. You didn't ask God for that. 
That's not what you said in glory. That's not what your spirit said to him. When y'all was having communion, you didn't, he didn't, you didn't say, God, that's the family. They jacked up. I need to, because I'm going to fix that. It's not what you did. But the question is, why did he let you be born into that one? Why did he allow that? Look at where he's taking your life to and it'll answer the question. Look at, look at, look at the call of God on your life and it'll answer the whys for you. Look at, look at what God called, look at the seeds that he's planted in you spiritually and it'll show you why the enemy tried to stop you naturally. Why did I have to be this person? What? That's what I asked God. Why me? Then I started pastoring. And, um, and men came in and said, I ain't never knew my daddy. I said, oh, good, me neither. But I want to show you your after. Oh! I feel God. I have to be the poster child to show you your after. Watch this. I had to be the first recipient of the hurt. My heart had to be broken because I had to learn how to pray. But once I get a breakthrough, anybody else that's dealing with what I've dealt with is bound to get a breakthrough because if breakthrough is in me, then it's transferable. Hey, <laughs> Somebody shout, it's transferable. That's why you got that's why you gotta break limitations now. That's why you gotta come out your prison now. That's why this is why the nightmares are stopping. This This is why the bad thoughts are stopping. Because God is opening up a window to you. He wants you to be set free from everything that has bound you. It's not that you just got a bad mouth and a bad attitude and a bad reputation. It's that you've been hurt. The only way I know how to, the only defensive mechanism for my hurt is to act out I've been labeled everything they call me crazy ADDPPHHHIJ and all the others of in between none of it was true the issue was I didn't have a mama and a daddy but one day I got a hold of a verse Dominique that said when my mother and father forsake me then the Lord picks me up one day I was praying, I said, God, I don't have nobody. Can you pick me up? And it started the first day of deliverance for me. I said, God, pick me up. Pick me up because I need somebody to help me. My family's crazy. They can't help me, but pick me up. God, my mind, I feel like I'm losing my mind. I don't trust nobody. Don't trust the preacher. Don't trust nobody. Can't trust the policeman. Can't trust people on my block. Can't trust my girlfriend. Can't trust me up you know what happened the first day of deliverance we started a process of healing which turned me into a healer and a deliverer <laughs> you never become it until you go through it this is why a lot of you had it rough you had it rough because the enemy like Moses was trying to watch us limit you from the beginning they put Moses out on the water because the mama didn't want him to die and he got displaced from his own family and had to grow up in a household looking different he grew up as a foster kid he's a foster kid living in Pharaoh's house but what God was doing was setting him up for his future he had to know the customs of Pharaoh's house 
so when God raised him back up he knew how to go back in and deal God didn't let you go God is not unrighteous to forget your labor love. and God is not unrighteous to to have you go through that and not use that for what you're about to step into you are a deliverer you're a deliverer Ashley you are a deliverer you are a deliverer girl and I don't care what you've come through it's about to become your biggest testimony it's about to be the thing that you lay hands on people for and they get delivered from some of y'all in this room don't even realize that but God had to let you be the first partaker of it